Each of us can contribute meaningful change in the world as servant leaders in a global society. It's what we at Seton Hall devote our hearts, minds and spirits to each day. If you're looking for a path where your passion and interest in shaping the future will be taken seriously, empowered and encouraged, this is the place for you. Take the next step and register for an information session. Connect live with our representatives at an upcoming webinar and learn more about how our customizable graduate programs can help you reach your professional goals. Please check the link in the podcast description. On today's podcast, two questions. What do you do when your existence is considered a crime? What happens when you're trying desperately to teach a new generation about a language and culture as both are threatened with extinction? Welcome to Unscripted, a podcast taking you inside the United Nations to the people at the heart of it all. My name is Damilela Banjo. As China leads the UN Security Council this November as rotating president, this episode reports on the country's continuing repression of the 11 million Uyghurs. The Uyghurs are a group of Turkic Muslims living in the northwestern Xinjiang region, or what they prefer to call East Turkestan. They speak their own language, rooted in the Turkic tongue, and considered themselves culturally and ethnically close to Central Asian nations. Many countries, including the US, UK, Canada, and the Netherlands, have accused China of committing genocide against Uyghurs. Prominent human rights organizations have also lambasted China for its repression of the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. The Campaign for Uyghurs, a non-profit group working to protect this population in China, says 3 million Uyghurs are locked up in concentration camps there. According to the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum, the Chinese strategy includes identity-based persecution, mass detention, surveillance, enforced sterilizations, forced labor, and cultural assimilation. On today's episode, we meet a family and others who fled Shenzhen region for the U.S. and are doing all they can to pass on the Uyghur culture to a generation born in the diaspora. I will start from actually over here. I just want to give a little highlight to one of the teachers. My name is Irade Kashgiri. I am an Uyghur American. I was uh, born in the Uyghur region in occupied East Turkestan. In 2017, Irade and her mom, Suraya, opened the Uyghur language and culture school with one purpose. We wanted a way for the diaspora to not lose that with the next generation and the generation after that because clearly there have been legal efforts within China to try to suppress uh, our language and our culture. Iradi said she and her brother struggled with their identities growing up in the U.S. Iradi, now 29, left Shenzhen with her parents when she was only five. Seven years ago, 
she and her mom, Soraya, started a language school in Virginia. And now they have the opportunity to teach a new generation. But isn't it risky to do this? When it comes to risks, yes, they both risked a lot. They risked their families. They've risked their contact within. Even when people were able to come out of East Turkestan and China and come to the United States, they wouldn't meet with my parents because it was just too risky for them because they were planning to go back. And so they risked family, they risked friends. And while we try to, again, stay apolitical, anything that you put the Uyghur label on right now within China or in China, the Chinese government's eyes is not apolitical. It can't be non-political. Um, so doing these things, even if it's just purely culture-based, even if I was to sit here silently and not criticize the Chinese government whatsoever, I would still be a target because I am trying to do something that the Chinese government is trying very, very, very hard to suppress. She used only one day. Irade and her mom are not alone. There are other Huriga people who say that even though they cannot go back home for fear of their lives, they want to draw attention to the grim reality of the people in Xinjiang. One advocate who were calling Kudus for his safety shares his people's culture and food through his restaurant in New York City. And why is preserving the culture important? If you, if you don't have culture, you have no soul. You know, it's like that's who you are. I never imagined things like people here. I never had the, that much kind of love, cares, like Americans here. That means where I live, there, there is something wrong there. Like education is wrong, politician is wrong, the, the system is wrong. Our future is going a wrong direction. So I realize here is perfect and uh, I really love here. And then I'm thinking maybe I should... I should bring my culture and languages to let people uh, know there is a people like this, you know. There is a nation like this still surviving there. So it's an opportunity. After COVID, there is an opportunity. So we, we so I, I catch this, this place and then we run the Uyghur restaurant here. How has that been? It's, it's not bad. So we're educating people here. To learn about our culture, a lot of people asking what kind of people is this, where are they from, you know. I was interested in hearing what success means to these people. So I asked Raya how it makes her feel when she hears kids who have never been back home but are fluent in the language as a result of the work that they do. Sometimes I see our students, they talking in the Uyghur language and they practice and they play each other. They're very happy. Uh, I'm so inspiring. I'm sometimes crying and I'm, see, I, I want to this continue at this school and then I want to make it more systematically. Uh, more uh, uh, bigger. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a talk show featuring leading global voices? 
Do you want to learn more about how international issues directly affect people locally? Global Connections Television presents the insights of global influencers at no cost to viewers and programmers. GCTV is independently produced and reaches more than 70 million potential viewers worldwide each week. The show covers everything from human rights to climate change, from peace and security to empowering women and girls. It features guests such as Dr. Jane Goodall, former UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Mary Robinson, and Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. The show also hosts expert voices from the private sector, academia, and labor and environmental movements. GCTV is available to public television media outlets, universities, and service clubs for distribution. To watch the show or find out more, click the link in our episode description. Now, back to the show. Iradi, a mom and a fellow advocate, Harsalan Idayat, who is a director of the nonprofit group Campaign for Huigas, wants the UN to do more for their people and are frustrated that it is proving difficult as a result of China's position as one of the largest and most powerful countries in the UN. As a permanent member of the Security Council, it keeps the topic out of the chamber. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, especially in recent years, the United Nations has become a toothless entity um, because unless you are a weak or a, you know, a weaker nation, the United Nations doesn't actually go ahead and punish strong nations, whether it be the United States, China, Russia, England or France. What would you like to see um, going forward with the issues of Uyghurs um, and the human rights abuses and all of that? Well, one, we would like to see more support from all the countries. Uh, there is a lack of support. The only support that we are seeing are from Western countries, the US and their allies, which is not enough. Um, we need to see more support from countries in the Middle East, um, more countries in the Global South. Um, and then our first goal is to get these concentration camps, these prisons, these forced labor camps closed. China has rejected all allegations. It says it is carrying out a counter-terrorism campaign for domestic security. And that's our podcast for this month. This episode was co-produced by Damilola Banjo in New York City and Olivia Undubisi in Lagos, Nigeria for Paz Blue. Dorsey Leinbach is our editor. A lot happens at the UN beyond what we report in each episode of Unscripted. And Paz Blue is covering the important geopolitical tension rowling the world today. For day-to-day coverage, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Past Blue's in-depth and exclusive stories, including this podcast, are possible with support of the Carnegie Corporation of New York and the Open Society Foundation, as well as our physical sponsor, the Institute of Nonprofit News. Unscripted is available wherever you find podcasts. Thank you.